Welcome to this episode of Hip Hop History. This week is another legendary, iconic, groundbreaking group, a group assembled by the Compton drug dealer turned record co-founder Eazy-E, who co-founded Ruthless Records with Jerry Heller. Eazy-E sought an introduction to Steve Yano, although Yano initially rebuffed him, but was impressed by Eazy's persistence and arranged a meeting with Dr. Dre of the World Class Wrecking Crew. Initially, NWA consisted of Eazy-E and Dr. Dre. Together with fellow producer Arabian Prince, Ice Cube was added to the roster after he started out as a rapper for the group CIA. Dre would later bring DJ Yella on board as well. Dre and Yella were both formerly members of the World Class Wrecking Crew as DJs and producers. Ruthless released the single Panic Zone in 1987 with him Makola Records, which was later included on the compilation album NWA and the Posse. NWA was still in its developing stages and is only credited on three of the 11 tracks, notably the uncharacteristic record Panic Zone, 8-Ball, and Dope Man, which marked the first collaboration of Arabian Prince, DJ Yella, Dr. Dre, and Ice Cube. Mexican rapper Crazy D co-wrote Panic Zone, which was originally called Hispanic Zone, but the title was later changed when Dr. Dre advised Crazy D the word Hispanic would hinder sales. Also including, also included was Eazy-E's solo track, Boys in the Hood. NWA released their debut studio album Straight Outta Compton in 1988, with its famous opening salvo of three tracks. The group reflected the rising anger of the youth. The opening song, Straight Outta Compton, introduced the group, Fuck the Police, protested police brutality and racial profiling, and Gangsta Gangsta painted the worldview of the inner city youth. While the group was later credited with pioneering the burgeoning subgenre of gangster rap, NWA referred to the music as reality rap. Dr. Dre and DJ Yella, as high-powered productions, composed the beats for each song. Most of the group's lyrics, including Fuck the Police, perhaps the group's most notorious song, which brought them into conflict with the various law enforcement agencies, with even a letter from the FBI basically threatening the group, which can be found in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Policemen refused to provide security for the group's concerts, hurting their plans to tour. Nonetheless, the FBI's letter only served to draw more publicity for the group. Straight Outta Compton was also one of the first albums to adhere to the new parental advisory label scheme. Then, still in its early stages, the label at the time consisted of warning, moderate impact, coarse language, and or themes only. Media coverage compensated for the group's lack of airplay, and its album eventually went double platinum. One month after Straight Outta Compton, Easy es solo debut, Easy Does It, was released. The album was dominated by Easy's persona. MC Ren was the only guest rapper, but behind the scenes, it was a group effort. Music was handled by Dr. Dre and DJ Yella. The lyrics were largely written by MC Ren, with contributions from Ice Cube and the DOC. The album was another double platinum success for Ruthless. In addition to the girl group JJ Fad in 1988, the singer Michelet in 1989. In 1999, saw the reissue of the NWA and the Posse and Straight Outta Compton on CD, and the release of the DOC's No One Can Do It Better. His album was essentially a collaboration with Dr. Dre and notably free of gangster rap content, including the NWA Posse cut, The Grand Finale. It would become another number one album for the record label. Ice Cube left the group in December 1989 over royalty disputes, having written almost half of the lyrics on Straight Outta Compton himself, he felt he was not getting a fair share of the profit. A lawsuit brought by Ice Cube against band manager Jerry Heller was settled out of court. He wasted little time putting together his solo debut, 1990's America's Most Wanted, but he avoided mentioning his former label mates, but he but he avoided mentioning his former label mate. But he but he avoided mentioning his former label mates. NWA's title track from their 1990 EP 100 Miles of Running, however, included a diss of Ice Cube. The song 100 Miles of Running was Dr. Dre's first up-tempo recording, which had been a common feature of late 1980s hip-hop. After this, he focused on a mid-tempo synthesizer-based sound, which would later become known as G-Funk, starting with Always Into Something from the For Life in 1991. The G-Funk style dominated both East and West Coast hip-hop music, both the East and West Coast hip-hop scene for several years to come. NWA is referenced on Ice Cube's 1990 EP, Kill At Will, where he name-checks his former group on the song Jackin' For Beats. On I Gotta Say What Up, Ice Cube gives shout-outs to his rap peers at the time, among them Public Enemy, Ghetto Boys, and Sir Jinx. At the end of the track, 
track in what appears to be an on-the-phone interview, Ice Cube is asked, since you went solo, what's up the rest of the crew? And the phone is abruptly hung up on the interviewer. The group's second full-length album, 1991's For Life, re-established the band in the face of Ice Cube's continued solo success. The album is considered by many Dr. Dre's finest production work, and it has heralded the beginning of the G-Funk era. It also showed a clear animosity towards the former member. The derogatory references to Ice Cube are found in several songs. The interlude, a message to B.A., echoes the beginning of the song Turn Off the Radio from America's Most Wanted. Ice Cube is first addressed by the name Benedict Arnold, but then named outright in a torrent of abuse from both the group and its fans. N.W.A. Ice Cube feud eventually escalated, both on record and in real life. America's Most Wanted had avoided direct attacks on N.W.A., but with Death Certificate, Ice Cube's second full-length release, he retaliated. He sampled and mocked Message to B.A. skit before embarking on a full-blown tirade, the infamous No Vaseline. In a series of verses, Ice Cube verbally assaulted the group. He also responded to members MC Ren, Dr. Dre, and Eazy-E individually on 100 Miles and Running. The song attracted controversy for anti-Semitism based on the bashing of Heller's religion. The track was omitted from the UK release and later pressings included a censored version of the song. In September 1990, the members of the hip-hop act above the law clashed with Ice Cube and his posse, the lynch mob, during the annual New Music Seminar Conference, forcing the latter to flee in the premises of Times Square's Marriott Marquis, the venue of the event. On January 27, 1991, Dr. Dre assaulted D. Barnes, host of the hip-hop show Pump It Up, after its coverage of the NWA Ice Cube Beef. 1991's For Life would be the group's final album. After Dr. Dre, the DOC, and Miss Lay departed from Ruthless to join Death Row Records, and allegations over Eazy-E being coerced into signing away their contracts, a bitter rivalry ensued. Dr. Dre began the exchange with Death Row's first release, 1992's Fuck With Dre Day, and everybody celebrating, and its accompanying video featuring a character named Sleazy-E who ran around desperately trying to get money. The insults continued on the chronic with Bitches Ain't Shit. Eazy-E responded with in 1993 with the EP It's On, Dr. Dre, 187Killem, on the tracks Real Motherfucking Cheese and It's On. Eazy-E accused Dr. Dre of being homosexual, calling him a she-thing, and criticizing Dre's new image by calling him and Snoop studio gangsters. The music video for Real Motherfucking G's showed a still of Dr. Dre wearing makeup and a sequined jumpsuit. We're going to take a short ad break here and get right back to the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, thank you for listening to that ad. Now back to the show. The photos dated back to Dr. Dre's world-class record crew days when such fashion was common amongst West Coast electro-pop artists. Prior to NWA's popularization of gangster rap, even Eazy-E's longtime friend MC Ren voiced his dislike of Eazy-E in 1994, calling Eazy-E a big head and wannabe megastar, and even suggesting that NWA should reunite without Eazy. Ren later said that the only relationship he had with Eazy-E was through Ruthless Records, where he released several gold and platinum selling albums, including Kiss My Black Ass and Shock of the Hour. Easy and Ren would squash their beef in the 1995 duet, The Motherfucking Real, after two years of not talking to each other. Easy E kept dissing Dre and Death Row on most of the songs until his AIDS-related death in March 26, 1995. All bad blood finally ceased within the rest of the group. Dr. Dre, MC Ren, and Ice Cube would later express their reevaluated feelings to their old friend on 1998's Ruthless for Life, 1999's What's the Difference, and Chin Check, and 2000's Hello. 2006's Growing Up, and in the 
2011 music video, I Need a Doctor. Having both parted with Ruthless Records on bad terms, tensions between Ice Cube and Dr. Dre eventually eased on their own. After Ice Cube made a cameo appearance on Dr. Dre's Let Me Ride video in 1993, the two recorded the hit song Natural Born Killers for Snoop Dogg's 1994 short film and soundtrack Murder Was a Case. Ice Cube also later appeared on MC Ren's album Ruthless for Life on the track Coming After You. MC Ren appeared on Dre's 1999 album 2001, and the three remaining NWA MCs would reunite on Hello on Ice Cube's 2000 album Born Peace Volume 2, The Peace Disc. The song Chin Check in 1999 for the next Friday soundtrack, a movie starring Ice Cube. The West Coast and gangsta music scene had, however, fallen out of the spotlight since the death of Tupac in 1996, and it was only after Dr. Dre's successful patronage of Eminem and Dre's ensuing comeback album 2001 that the genre and its artists would regain the national spotlight. 2000's all-star Up and Smoke tour would reunite much of NWA and Death Row and Death Row families, and during time spent on the road, Dre, Ice Cube, MC Ren, and featured special guests Snoop and Eminem began recording in a mobile studio. A comeback album entitled Not These Again was planned. It would include DJ Yella, who had not been present on the tour. However, due to busy and conflicting schedules, as well as obstacles of coordinating three different record labels, Priority, No Limit, and Interscope, obtaining the rights to the name NWA and endorsing the whole project to gain exclusive rights, the album never materialized. Only two tracks from these sessions would be released, the aforementioned Chin Check with Snoop Dogg as a member of the NWA, from 2000's next Friday soundtrack, and Hello from Ice Cube's 2000 album War and Peace Volume 2 The Peace Disc. Both songs also appear on NWA's remastered Greatest Hits. In addition to the Greatest Hits, initially released by Priority in 1996, Capitol and Ruthless Records jointly released NWA Legacy Volume 1 1988-1998 and 1999, a compilation that contained songs by other rap artists and only three songs from the actual group, but various solo tracks from the five members. The success of the album prompted a second volume, the NWA Legacy Volume 2, three years later. It emulated the format of the predecessor, containing only three genuine NWA tracks and many solo efforts by crew members. In 2007, a new Greatest Hits package was released entitled The Best of NWA, The Strength of Street Knowledge. In 2014, Ice Cube appeared on MC Ren's remix for Rebel Music. This was the first time the duo had worked together since the NWA reunion in 2000. Following a 27-year hiatus, the group reunited with surviving members Ice Cube, MC Ren, Dr. Dre, and DJ Yella, taking the stage during the second weekend of Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival in April 2016. Just days following the group's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, members include Arabian Prince from 87 to 88, DJ Yella from 87 to 91, Dr. Dre from 87 to 91, Easy e from 87 to 91, Ice Cube from 87 to 89, and MC Ren from 88 to, 8, from 88 to 91. On June 18, 2014, Universal officially announced that the NWA biopic Straight Outta Compton would be released August 14, 2015. It was also confirmed that Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr., would play a younger version of his father in the movie. O'Shea Jr. joined Jason Mitchell and Corey Hawkins, who portrayed group members Eazy-E and Dr. Dre respectively in the film. To round out the cast of NWA, Aldous Hodge plays MC Ren and Neil Bryan Jr. portrays DJ Yella. The film received positive reviews and grossed over $200 million worldwide. Although the group disbanded in 1991, it remains one of the greatest and most influential hip-hop groups, leaving a lasting legacy on hip-hop music in the following decades. Its influence from the use of funky, bass-driven beats to its lyrics was evident throughout the 1990s and even into the present, and is often credited as bridging the white and black American musical lines with its appeal to white Americans in the late 1980s. Now let's go over the studio albums. Straight Outta Compton in 1988, For Life in 1991. EPs include 100 Miles and Runnin' in 1990. Compilation albums include NWA and the Posse in 1987, Greatest Hits in 1996, Straight Outta Compton, NWA, 10th Anniversary Tribute, The NWA Legacy Volume 1, 1988 to 1998, released in 1999. The NWA Legacy Volume 2, released in 2002. The Best of NWA, The Strength of 
of Street Knowledge, released in 2006, and Family Tree, released in 2008. N.W.A. is another group that changed the game, changed hip-hop forever. N.W.A. was a revolution all by themselves. Eazy-E was not a rapper who turned into an MC. Eazy-E was a businessman, a legend when it comes to the business of owning a record company. Ice Cube is one of the most prolific writers to ever do it, a rapper and writer who turned into a screenwriter and an actor, now an incredible entrepreneur who created the big three amongst other businesses. Dr. Dre is one of the greatest producers of all time, no matter the genre. Every hip-hop producer after Dre has been inspired by Dre. Dr. Dre has went on to do just about everything in hip-hop and make headphones, then sell that headphone company to a little company named Apple. MC Ren and DJ Yellow didn't have quite the same impact after the group as the other three, but they're still impactful nonetheless. NWA is literally one of the greatest groups to ever exist on this planet. Thank you to NWA for the incredible music, moments, and the insight to the community. Thank you on behalf of music, hip-hop fans, and the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hip Hop History. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review if possible. Thank you and have a great day.